I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. The weather has been so nice lately. Like the sun is actually out. I know we live in Southern California, but it's been gloomy. It's been so gloomy. Yeah. But it's so funny because like Christine and I have like flashbacks of like when I was in New York and she'd be in LA and it'd be like dead of summer. Do people say that? Dead of summer, middle of summer. And like, you know, the sticky thighs come out when you sit on chairs and we have to sit in like rooms with no AC. (laughs) We're just like marinating in our sweat. Those days are coming. (laughs) Yeah, we already feel it starting this episode because when we record, we have to close all the windows and barricade ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, no AC for the noise. And we record for like an hour and you're just at the end of it, you're just like, yeah, so... Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Okay. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I've also noticed that like, as I get older, I realize like how affected I am by the weather. Like, I think I started noticing that specifically in New York. And then it's been so gloomy this winter in LA. I'm like, oh my God, the sun, this is great. I feel alive again. (laughs) Like I want to go out and do things. There's a correlation with depression and the weather. So like yeah. more people are depressed during winter time, and I mm-hmm. yeah for sure the sun and the weather all of that affects it. Yeah, so. don't they say that like sad actually stands for like seasonal affectiveness disorder? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it's sense. a thing. Okay, it's a thing. <laughs> I mean, in relation to that, it's like I also realized that I've been going out and being more social, Ooh. and really stepping back into who I am mm. and blossoming. Ooh, blossoming. That's a good word. Yeah. With my depression, right? I slowly started to just shrink in and shrivel into this kind of shell of a human being mm. and just protecting what little that I had, you yeah. know? And I didn't go out to any social events or community events. And there are people that I haven't seen for a long time. Mm-hmm. I say like I've abandoned myself in the desert for like yeah. <laughs> a decade. I'm like, oh, I'm alive, guys. Quarantined yourself. Seriously. And I think through life coaching and just 2019, has been kind of a renewed sense of self. Mm -hmm. And the more that I go out, the more I I slowly started to go to certain events Mm -hmm. and then really connecting with people and writing off that energy. Yeah, just maximizing my time with like really good people, really good energy and really Mm -hmm. connecting and being in the present moment with those conversations Mm -hmm. um, versus it's really easy. I mean, Regina, you know, going out to like a lot of social events, Mm -hmm. a lot of times you only have time for like the really quick superficial talk like yeah what are you working on how are things Mm -hmm, cool mm -hmm. all right I gotta go over there you know but now really it's like I can stand there and have you know a 30-minute conversation with someone about so tell me what are you really thinking what's really going on in your relationship you know (laughs) basically recording podcasts as you go (laughs) exactly in life conversations yeah no I definitely relate to that I feel like when I first moved back I was like pretty antisocial and I'm like a very social person and I am extroverted and I think that that's when it kind of occurred to me like, oh, hey, like, you know, something's kind of not clicking or not right. But like, I just felt like I didn't want to go out. Like I felt very like, oh, I'm very comfortable in my own little like bubble. But then I would go out a few times and be like, oh, I feel so like energized. Mm -hmm. It kind of clicked in me that I was like, okay, 
I'm an adult now. If I want to go out and like do things and hang around people, like I need to make those plans and do those things like for myself rather than, you know, I'm like an indoor plant searching for the sunlight. (laughs) So you just have that one little vine that's just like growing towards the window. Yeah. I have the one vine that's like, Hey, look, sun's over here. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's like your finger. That's like ET style sticking out the window. Please anyone touch me. (laughs) Hey, anyone want to talk to me? (laughs) Help me thrive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I realized that you know, this probably segues into today's topic, right? But Mm -hmm. it was a lot of inner work of defining for myself what were toxic friendships and Mm -hmm. relationships that were in my life Mm -hmm. that I was recovering from or learning from or holding on to Mm -hmm. so that I can really focus on the ones that build me up and I and vice versa and so that I can be my best self Mm -hmm. and that's a topic that we get asked a lot (laughs) yeah a lot actually it's one of our most like talked about topics because I think that it just happens to a lot of us where you know we're all humans at the end right we want human connection but some human connections are better than others and when you get into a connection that's like not that that great. A lot of times it's one-sided. And when things are one-sided, the person who feels all those feelings are always like, oh, should I be having these feelings? Mm. Like, are these feelings valid? And then you start questioning yourself. And so I think it's totally understandable why this is something that comes up so much in our inbox and like DMs. Yeah. Because a lot of times you're not even sure you're in a toxic friendship Mm -hmm. and relationship until Mm -hmm. it's pretty far down the line. Yeah. And like the signs are like literally screaming in your face. Yes, exactly. Right. Because a lot of times we're like, no, let's not be dramatic about it. It's not toxic that's why Mm -hmm. what you said about we start questioning ourselves is it us Mm -hmm. you know are we Mm -hmm. being really sensitive or dramatic about this is that normal for this person to like maybe he or she didn't mean anything by it and I'm just the Mm -hmm. one that's taking it the wrong way so we really wanted to go into the different types of experiences that we've had with like toxic friendships and how they impacted our lives and how they shaped us into who we've become as a result Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. what are the signs that you might be in a toxic relationship or friendship and what can you do about it and a lot of times what I'm learning now is you know you don't have to just completely cut off relationships or friendships Mm -hmm. even when it's toxic sometimes that person's not even aware of Mm -hmm. how toxic they are what are the things that they're doing yeah I am learning to like you know if you really care about someone it's great to communicate that and let them decide like, is this something that they resonate with or don't? Then you can decide from there, like, perhaps, yeah, this friendship is not serving me. So do I want to mm-hmm. continue putting effort into that? And creating and establishing healthy boundaries is key around that. For you sure. know, especially when you get so close with someone that it's hard to just be like, okay, get out of my life. I'm drawing a line. Yeah, like I'm drawing the line here. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of times you feel guilty or that you feel like you're letting that person down or that you're being a bad friend and all these mm. things that keep you from drawing those healthy boundaries and continuing on in a friendship that you want to grow in or at least give the chance to keep evolving. And if not, then how do you start pulling yourself back in a way that serves you? And also not everyone wants to be like, well, screw you, (laughs) get out of my face, right? So yeah, yeah, let's dive into toxic friendships and how to create healthy boundaries. And if you want to eventually cut off toxic friends, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. What are your signs? What are those like kind of like inkling feelings that you get when you're kind of like, ooh, something's not quite right? Or like, hey, this friendship is kind of, you know, it's different than other relationships or friendships I've had in the past. 
Well, I think for me, one particular friendship stands out, and mm-hmm. that has been one of my greatest lessons in terms of mm-hmm. toxic friendships. I'm mm-hmm. sure if I think about it deeply, there have been other friends, but maybe not as extreme to this extent. Yeah, exactly. Right. I only can recognize the signs now because I've been through it. Mm -hmm. And like everything that we said about, you know, you don't know until you're already really deep in and everyone's already been saying like, hey, I don't think like how she said that to you was very considerate or very nice and Mm -hmm. all these things and you're like no no you make excuses right so I I was in that friendship for a pretty long time I've said this before I'm a known people pleaser Mm -hmm. I was raised like that Mm -hmm. I like being liked (laughs) I like being accepted and there's no fault in that like I think most of us like being liked, you know Um, but I think that it's like to what extent do we let that control us totally and like kind of guide us in life as well yeah our behaviors our actions our thought process Mm -hmm. and I think when I trace it back I was brought up to be a people pleaser Mm -hmm. like when I got positive reinforcement for pleasing someone I interpret that as love Mm -hmm. so that was my way of being loved and in many of our family relationships like I never grew up experiencing what it meant to create healthy boundaries (laughs) Like, I'm still learning that. Like, how do you establish that without offending or pissing off your family members, you know? Yeah. Especially when, like, the boundaries that you're trying to create are, like, with your parents. Exactly. But it's still a learning experience constantly, right? Because you're sure, always, like, yeah. you struggle with the whole, like, guilt and, like, oh, I'm a bad daughter and I'm not yeah. doing exactly what they say. But also recognizing that your parents don't always have the right answer. They're human, you know? So mm-hmm. it's okay to disagree and then to try to learn how to develop healthy boundaries. So being a people pleaser and not Mm -hmm. knowing how to develop healthy boundaries, I was bound to encounter a toxic friendship, (laughs) someone who totally took advantage of that and not knowing what that really meant. Like what is the extent of being a good friend and what is the extent of just latently being taken advantage of? It's a very fine line, actually, if you think about it. It is a really fine line. And especially being a people pleaser, like you almost make so many excuses because you're just like, hey, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this makes them happy. So I'm happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is the consideration. Really, when you look at it, it's right. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you guys don't have to show love in the same way Mm -hmm. or like how you care for someone in the same way. But when it comes down to it, if that person at the end, when you look at their actions, that they really just only care about their own needs, Mm -hmm. then, I mean, that's why for me, it took a long time because I kept interpreting it differently. I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah, that was kind of shady, but she's also done this. So I think that shows that she cares, right? You would like create your own reiterations for the sake of that friend. Because I think too, when you like are so deep into that relationship or friendship, you're like, oh my God, I invested so much time. Like we get along so well, like we've done all these things together. There's that emotional attachment, right? Like you don't want to just cut that off. You're like, oh, but this is a special bond. And like, we are trying to help one another or even just like the idea of like, this could be good. Yeah. Like that even prevents you from being able to draw lines or to slowly eliminate this person from your life. Yeah. And I think (laughs) this particular friend just really took me on a loop because I think she's just really like charismatic as a person. Mm -hmm. So you can't help but be drawn to someone like that Mm -hmm. and you can't help but want to give them the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. so at the very end the signs where she was very manipulative (laughs) she's really good at getting what she wanted without 
making it seem like it was just for her. Like she'd mm. phrase it in ways like she's thinking about you, but at the end of the day, the action was purely for you to do something for her, mm. you know? And also she was really good at making people feel sorry for her and that mm. she was the, she played the victim card all the mm. time, right? So that's why it was really easy to try to like, think of it from her point of view. She's going through a tough time. She's yeah. single, you know? So some examples would be, she was already a super needy friend to begin with. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot of major insecurities, which I know mm-hmm. a lot of us do. Yeah. But for example, when she was single, she'd be especially clingy and needy and put so much on our friendship that I had to be there. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't thinking about her, if I wasn't calling her out and taking her out and distracting her, then I wasn't a good friend. Even mm-hmm. though I had a full-time job, other friends, and a relationship and a family, mm-hmm. right? It's just like there was no understanding or consideration for it. It would be mm-hmm. like a lot of me always constantly apologizing like, oh, sorry no I have like a family thing and she's like but you know that I'm alone you know and this has been a hard time for me and like Mm. a true friend would do this and and I would feel bad and guilty about it and so many times I chose her and Mm -hmm. prioritized her above everybody else just because I didn't want to be a bad friend yeah and I really played into what she defined as a true friend to her without really tapping into who I was. And I think Mm -hmm. that really showed a lot of my own insecurities about myself and highlighted the people pleasing, right? I was Mm -hmm. like, I was just giving, giving and giving, but also I was starting to feel resentful about it because I noticed that when I needed her, she always had an excuse. Right. She always has something that she had to do that was more important. It took me a long time for me to actually connect the dots to be like, wait a sec. I'm not getting what I'm giving. Yeah. And again, I would also go into the whole like, well, you know, people show care differently. So I can't just put it on her that, you know, just because I would do that doesn't mean that she has to do the exact same thing. Right. Right? But 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 you go through enough of those experiences and years (laughs) that it builds up. It gets to a certain point, though, when you're like, wait a minute. Yes, I understand we have different love languages, but like, at what point is it that I'm catering to all of their love languages and like, I'm not getting anything in return? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think with some of my friends, I've definitely noticed more so now that we're like older and more established, like, oh, hey, like, friend A would do this, but friend B doesn't. Like, does that mean friend B doesn't care? Yeah. I think that as I get older, I like learn. I'm like trying to, you know, kind of train my myself to see what are other people's love languages so that I can like respond to them. Mm -hmm. But then I also will notice like, oh, friend B doesn't do what friend A does, but friend B does something else to show that they care. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's important to see like, okay, this relationship is worth investing in. Like they do think highly of you, et cetera. Like I think the thing about toxic relationships is that they like to pick people who are extremely, extremely caring, Mm -hmm. who will bend over backwards for people and kind of manipulate them the way that you know, yeah. this friend did, right? Like she would just tell you like, oh, well, if you were a good friend, you wouldn't do that. Or mm-hmm. if you wanted to be a better person, like you'd be doing ABC for me. And like, that's when you get in your own head. Yeah. I mean, it even came down to like, she would say, you didn't say that in the right way. Like Ugh. you weren't supporting me in the right way by not saying these exact words, you know? And it would take mm. us arguing and fighting where I wouldn't understand what she was saying. Cause I'm like, but I was there for you. And then mm-hmm. it would come down to but you didn't say it like this I'm like wait Mm. in those exact words 
And, right. you know, for a long time, I just kept thinking, like, it was me. I'm not understanding her. Yeah. Almost like she's speaking a different language. And yeah. I think a lot of it just stems from she didn't really know what she wanted. I really believe that she had a hard time loving herself. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. loving herself as who she was. So she put so much mm-hmm. of that validation on how other people treated her. And other people. And then sometimes like that person too will find that other person to cheer for them or who just gets them. And then they're like, well, why can't you be like them? Or why can't you be like this? And then again, with the downward spiral of like, oh my God, I'm a terrible friend. I'm a terrible person. Like, yeah. I'm not playing my part. I mean, exactly like you said, she pitted a lot of us against each other. And yeah, it's, it's almost like a tiger mom where you're just like, oh, so she did this. And like, that's how she was great and all that. And that's what I need. And yeah. just like, okay, you know, I mean, I, I'm me. Yeah. Whenever I hear situations like that, I think of... <laughs> There is a Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode where Kris Jenner, she has a, I think it was like a toaster that's like by this brand called Smeg and it's like this like fancy antique looking brand. Uh And then she goes up to Kim and she's like, Kylie bought this for me. Like, look at what a good daughter Kylie is. And so then Kim gets really jealous and goes out and like buys her like the blender. And then like afterwards, Kim like calls Kylie and is like, oh, well, like, look, I got mom a blender. And at the end, Kylie's like, I didn't get her a toaster. (laughs) (laughs) Because all of it is fake. (laughs) It is all fake. It's all like, you know, just to add that drama. And like, I feel like that is definitely a surefire sign when you like notice that person like blatantly just like lying to get you to do things so that they can get their way that 100% is a red 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 flag yeah I think this is a great point to go into some of the unhealthy signs of a toxic friendship or relationship Mm -hmm. and these are some of the things that I added on there from the lessons that I've learned and also things Mm -hmm. that upon research coming up too I'm like yeah oh yeah yeah (laughs) just going down the list is like relying on somebody else for your happiness game playing manipulation jealousy control of others lying like you're feeling hopeless and trapped in that friendship relationship it drains you tears you down versus building you up feeling like you can't say Mm. no people that are keeping score there's too much passive aggressiveness nothing really gets resolved you don't really fix the root of the issue you're the one doing all the compromising Mm -hmm. always bracing yourself for the shit to hit the fan at any moment like there's always going to be a fight Mm. like there's all take no give I mean, it comes down to an imbalanced relationship. There's constant judgment, never-ending drama. And at the end, the biggest lesson that I learned for me was that it brings out the worst in you. And I realized mm. in myself at the very end, I felt like a caged animal <laughs> in that mm. like relationship or friendship. And I just felt yeah. like I had to constantly be defending myself or also be like on mm-hmm. guard of what is going to trigger her. What's going to trigger her insecurities? Mm -hmm. What other fight are we going to get into this time? What else am I going to do that's going to piss her off? I mean, like, obviously, I watched you kind of go through this. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the signs were there. And I'm sure, you know, I know I gave you warning signs. I know Jack gave you warning signs. (laughs) It's kind of one of those things when you get so wrapped up in it, you're like, no, but I need to fix this, you know? But I did notice that you were just always on, like, defense, you know? It was never offense. It was never you trying to be like, hey, I'm going to try to make a shot. You know, you were just always trying to defend like Wonder Woman with her like wrist <laughs> with her things. wrist bracelet things. Wrist yeah. bracelet things. Yeah. You're just always trying to like defend, like fend off whatever bullet. Thank you. Thank you for that that analogy. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't it, it's not a great analogy. It's not a great analogy. <laughs> 
the situation. Yeah. It, it, that's true because at the end of that really long and arduous friendship, mm-hmm. I had just gotten to a point where it wasn't even me anymore. You yeah. know, the person that I started off in that friendship had just turned into kind of like when you keep poking and abusing an animal or a dog, mm-hmm. like at the end, it just becomes like the a animal show. instinct. Yeah. yeah. No, the instinct of the animal to just like want to bite back after a while. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the red flag for me. Mm-hmm. I did not like myself. I did not like who I was becoming. And true to form, it just was immediate cutoff. Like I quit, quit game, exit, cancel, you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want anything to do with her. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to talk about where I completely understand that although, yes, we fought a lot and there was a lot of toxic behaviors in that friendship. I also came to care for her, which is why we got into that in the first place. Looking back, a lot of my intentions did not match how she received Mm. it. So sometimes what I meant as a very caring point of view came off to her as like me criticizing her and feeding into her insecurities right Mm. for me afterwards it was a lot of Mm. reflection on why yes I could put it on her but what can I take responsibility for in that friendship that allowed her to treat me that way but how I also responded Mm -hmm. and I knew on some level she did care about me but she did care about herself a lot more (laughs) (laughs) and I think that that's like something to note too right like when you notice that, you know, everyone has different personalities, but to a certain degree, like in order to have a friendship, it's like, you do need to have that fundamental care for one another. Mm -hmm. And everybody shows that care in different ways. Everyone receives that care in a different way. But if that care does not exist, the friendship does not exist because then you just become essentially like a cheerleader of that other person. And you're just constantly like, woo, go team you know and like you're putting all your energy into hoping that they will succeed and they will do well but in order to have that be like a friendship it has to be a two-way street yeah and I think that's exactly what I mean about finding friends or people that lift you up versus drain Mm -hmm. your energy right so that's why it's not to say that you're looking for your own cheerleaders to like take advantage of but it's coming Mm -hmm. from a place of you fill each other up so there's always a well to give from versus Mm -hmm. you draining your yourself to constantly Mm -hmm. try to fill somebody else up when you don't have anything left for yourself or anybody else so that's why it makes sense that I was lashing out not only to Mm -hmm. her but to a lot of people because I didn't realize until a little too late that what I had given up was my self-respect my self-esteem, self-love, and prioritizing myself for her needs and Mm -hmm. what it meant to be a good friend. Mm -hmm. It all ties back to the people-pleasing and finding my own Mm self-worth by somebody else's validation Mm -hmm. and just gaining their approval. And I think that's something I realized with self-awareness. Like I attach to people who the more that they don't want to give it to you, the more that you're just like, but you like the game. The chase. Yeah, the it's approval. more it's, yeah, it's like, okay, if this person really thinks that I'm a great friend, then I must be a really great friend versus somebody mm-hmm. who's always like, Yeah, go Christine, right? Yeah. At the end, it doesn't matter who it is, it's I didn't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to overcompensate to prove my worth. And there's mm-hmm. certain people that you know, I really do believe that there's kind of that complementary energy where the more that you're like this, the more that mm-hmm. people who thrive on that and feed off of that will find mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And there's always kind of that mix of that chemistry that just like in your own ways, you guys are looking for your own validation. Mm -hmm. And it's not even about the friendship anymore. But then one person has like taken control of it. So it's kind of like that other person is just squashing you down. And 
when it gets to that point, you just feel so suffocated. Like I remember talking to you during that time and you were just so sad (laughs) because I think that you so desperately do want to be a good friend. And I like always see that in you. And I think that in this like friendship, it was just like one was just so much more dominating than the other. Yeah. And like, I feel like to a lesser degree, like I experienced a similar thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it was more so like the reason why the friendship became kind of toxic was because we mixed like school activities, which I guess would be considered business nowadays Mm. with like a friendship. Like this was a friend that I was really, really close to. We called each other every single day, but then I like didn't like the way that she would like lead our club or the way that she would like kind of claim authority. Mm. And like, that would make us feel very belittled. Mm -hmm. And it just makes you feel really like sad. It's kind of like you want to gain their approval and you're like so desperate for that attention. But then at the same time, they make you feel so small. And I don't think that friendship should ever make you feel that way. Like, I understand, you know, some people will have more downs and ups and, you know, there will be points in the relationship where you're giving more, but then there will be other parts where they give more. And that's like what you need to see. If it's all just give, give, give or take, 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 that's not a relationship from my perspective. Yeah, it really does just come down to a lot of self-reflection and defining for yourself what you want and need in any type of friendship or relationship. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't define that for yourself, somebody else will. And you'll kind of learn through that. You're like, wait a sec, that (laughs) didn't feel right. Yeah. Let's talk about like healthy boundaries because I think that's the part where I think would benefit in all types of relationships. And I think it is shifting that definition of what boundaries means, especially in a close relationship, because Mm -hmm. I've always had that like, well, if you guys are so close, why do you need to have boundaries? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we're so tight. We don't need that. But the older I get, the more I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then even just reading on like the definitions of what healthy boundaries actually means and understanding that makes absolute sense. You know, it's not in the way that I thought, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, stay away from yeah. me. I'm being selfish. It's really right. it's like considering what you can tolerate and accept what makes you feel uncomfortable or stressed. And it's helping us define what our limits are. Mm-hmm. And really healthy boundaries are just knowing and understanding your limits. It's a form of self-love and self-care. Mm-hmm. Because I was on the other end of that, of never establishing really healthy boundaries, that the result, the consequence was a lot of resentment Mm. and a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what naturally happens when you don't establish boundaries and you don't understand your own limits. For me, I overextended myself and had, understandably so, that person step all over it. Mm. And I get really mad and I feel like I can't communicate that. And if I do, it leads to a fight, etc. right? Mm -hmm. So then I stuff it and then there's resentment and there's anger that comes out in other ways. For me, it was like being taken advantage of or not being appreciated. Mm. Like I went out of my way because you said I didn't do that last time. So I went out of my way to do this for you. And then it's still not enough. Mm. It's just a good self-realization of like, okay, these actions, they're not serving me. They're not getting the results that Mm. I want in my life, which is to have a healthy relationship or a healthy friendship and to keep evolving with that versus just settling or compromising all the time and basically just treading Mm -hmm. to please the other person. So Mm. I guess for you, like, have you established any healthy boundaries or learned to establish boundaries for yourself? Um, Definitely. Like in a workplace situation, right? Like I think that 
at the beginning, I was like, oh no, it's great to just be friends with everyone and like just to be friendly with everyone and everyone at work is going to be my friend. But I think that I slowly came to realize like, no, I do have to set like limits. Like Mm -hmm. I can't be going out and like hanging out and drinking with like directors because then like Mm. people's (laughs) personalities and like, you know, their kind of true selves show. And I think that if you're trying to keep it professional, like that's really difficult to establish those boundaries. And then with friendships, I think sometimes, I think it's just like prioritizing things myself. Like I haven't spent time with my family lately. That's just something I have to do. And if they're my friends, they will understand. And if they don't, then it's kind of like, okay, well then that's a sign. That's a sign. Exactly. Exactly. I think when it comes to like toxic friends, I've never just like cut someone out, but Mm -hmm. I've definitely like let it fizzle out. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't know, I think maybe I'm just like too attached to people and friends, but like even after I'm like really mad at someone or like they did something that really upset me, I still feel like, oh, but there's all those like rooted, you know, that rooted friendship of like how this even began. Mm -hmm. So I think that I try to always keep it very like cordial. I remember one of my friends that I had a falling out with, we got lunch and just talked the way that we used to. And it was really nice. And it was very effortless. And I was like, oh yeah, like that's why we got along so well. Like I think sometimes when you get into that like really like resentful, like hating place, you're like, oh, this person is the devil. There's nothing good about them. But you know, there are some redeeming factors. There is a reason why your paths crossed. And I kind of try to leave it at that. Like sometimes it's okay to just be cordial with someone. Like you don't, not everyone needs to be your best friend. Not everyone needs to be your enemy. Like they don't have to fit into those two categories. Like there can be some friends that are just like in between queens. You know, it's not that you have to put in extra effort to help them or whatever, but like, it's fine. Like everybody's going to exist. Everyone's going to live their own life. It's just a matter of like how interwoven your lives are going to be. Yeah, no, I really like that. It is true. It doesn't have to be so black and white. And that's, I mean, Mm -hmm. we talked about this before where Mm -hmm. I'm very much like that and learning Mm -hmm. that there's in between, but really Mm -hmm. I understand that it comes from a place of self-protection because I'm afraid of getting hurt, right? So it's easier to cut that person off, yeah. which is funny because in, a t- in that toxic friendship, I just didn't, you know, but at the end I did, <laughs> I just cut it on and she was completely like, what happened? <laughs> I think for me yeah, since then, yeah. learning to set healthy boundaries, just accepting that it takes time and it's yeah. a process. I know by us saying it, it's not like, oh, you know what? That clicks. I want to go set my healthy boundaries with people and put my flag in the ground. And just recognizing that it's on your own time. Your growth is on your own time. It's not on ours. It's not on anybody saying anything to you. Sometimes it just clicks. And for me, Mm -hmm. that was through that friendship that really was like, oh, it highlighted. It was such a tumultuous friendship that Mm -hmm. at the end, it highlighted so many things that I, it was even beyond that person. It says so much about me. And that took a lot of getting to a place of self, true self-reflection without wanting to point the finger at that person. Mm. I just could not get myself mm. out of that cycle. But then once I like really calmed down and it took a long time, right? Like no matter what anybody mm. said, mm. It, it was on my own time for me to finally just realize, okay, so what <laughs> what happened and what was my part in it and being able to be at that place to even mm-hmm. ask myself that question mm-hmm. to be self-aware enough to be like okay so like understandably so like that person can be super toxic but like you played into it as well so like what did I do to egg them on what did I do to make things worse 
So what were some of like the healthy boundaries that you would start setting? I think that that's one thing that a lot of people have a hard time transitioning into, you know, like to go from being like, oh my God, this person is, we're so close to like, just slowly kind of setting your own boundaries, setting your own space, going at your own pace. Like what are some of the things that you did? Well, I mean, in this example, like everything was really dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) We had a big falling out, but then we reconciled. And that Mm -hmm. was after me going through this process of like self-reflection and taking responsibility. And that took a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I slowly started to build on those healthy boundaries. You know, because a lot of times, especially Mm -hmm. with people that you've gotten that close, there's something that's so familiar about that. And you kind of want to go back to like the really great times and how great it Mm -hmm. could be but then it's not the same and it won't Mm. be the same because there's something that shifted in yourself because you realize Mm. that right so I think for me it was coming to a point of acknowledging what my limits were establishing what my boundaries like I don't like it when things are like this I get triggered when this happens right when people say that Mm. I'm not enough and how do Mm. I interpret that that I'm not enough I'm not a good enough friend and that's where all these realizations came from about being a people pleaser where that came from what I'm getting validation in my self-worth as a friend and overcompensation and just kind of playing that through in my head. What happens when I get triggered? Mm. Whether it's her or somebody else and what am I really telling myself? So for example, this isn't with her, but like, you know, there are a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, my friends didn't invite me to this party. I felt left out. Like I'm not good enough to be with everybody else. And you play Mm -hmm. that through and like, what does that say to you in your head? Like it hurt me because I thought we were closer than that. I thought that she would have invited me. So, you know, something as simple as that and defining like, okay, maybe what's your definition of a friendship and what you need and what Mm -hmm. are you not getting in that and why? And what is it that you can take responsibility for, for how you can rethink things or come from a more empowering place or that you can communicate that with your friend, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and have that person have the option of really intaking that and seeing that's something that they want to adjust on their end or they're just like Mm -hmm. no this I don't agree you know and just make decisions moving forward Mm -hmm. I think in this particular friendship with this toxic friendship how I started to create healthy boundaries was just to not overextend myself because I have a tendency to do that Mm -hmm. where you know someone's just like oh you know it'd be great if I had this or something and I I read that person to go out and buy it Mm -hmm. you know I'm just like oh my god yeah and I really got you and for me to realize that if it's not coming from a genuine place especially with Mm her then I'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, even when we were rebuilding our friendship, it was just like, sometimes if we see each other, I'd just be like, hi, how are mm-hmm. you? And then I don't have to go into the depths of everything. I don't get sucked into mm-hmm. all that ish again. Yeah. I think it's really important to stay true to yourself. Yes. Like if you don't feel like overextending yourself and being like the, oh my God, Christine, yeah. like you don't have to be that Christine, yes. right? And people should understand that. Like we have good days and bad days. And I don't think that it's right for people to just expect you to be someone all the time, constantly. And I think that's definitely something to take note of too. If like someone's like, oh, why aren't you being this way? Or you were like this before, like you've changed. I think that everybody changes, but it's supposed to be for the better and it's supposed to be for self-development and Mm self-growth. But if somebody looks at that as like a threat to them because like they no longer have that control over you and they kind of use that as a weakness or a weak spot of yours, 
that's like that's definitely a huge sign that you yeah that's a red flag for that's sure that's a huge red flag yeah what i learned too was just to give myself permission mm-hmm. and that was a big part where one of the things was i needed space mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i needed space away from her so mm-hmm. it got to a point where it didn't develop slowly it was like me cutting her off and like, what happened and i'd be like i need my space okay yeah. <laughs> just like don't don't contact me nothing and all that right but yeah. i would also feel really bad because she would still reach out and be like why can't we just talk about it I don't understand like we've been through worse mm-hmm. and to me it was establishing that boundary like I need space for me and to really like, reprioritize things mm-hmm. in my life and people in my life it was just too much of her mm-hmm. in all facets of my life so for me to just kind of have a reset mm-hmm. and refresh for myself and she was not respecting that at all but I had to give myself permission not to feel guilty about that mm-hmm. or that oh I'm being a bad person because I'm not tending to her immediate needs. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge thing. And something that clicked for me was reading about like, when you set a boundaries, it's not your responsibility to take care of somebody else's feelings at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's not trying mm-hmm. to be like inconsiderate or a bad person. It really is just like, look, if you're not respecting my boundaries and you're getting upset mm-hmm. about that, when I'm telling you that this is my limit, mm-hmm. then like Regina said, that actually says a lot about that person, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're setting that boundary because it's a sign of self-respect. Like you're mm-hmm. like, I know the consequences of this. When mm-hmm. I cross that line, I don't like what happens. I don't mm-hmm. like that version of myself. So mm-hmm. for me, this is what I realized. Like this is something I know that's important to me. And mm-hmm. finding time for yourself, finding time for your loved ones, doing things for yourself does mm-hmm. not mean you're a bad person that you're selfish. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel guilty about yes. it. Like that's the thing. Like you should never feel guilty about doing things that – really make you feel fulfilled in life, right? Spending time with your family and friends and people you like should never be like a, oh, why were you spending time with them and not me? It should never, never, ever get to that point. And it was really interesting because I was talking to a friend recently and she has had like this like childhood best friend for a really long time, but on and off, I'd hear them like, oh, we're, you know, fighting again. And, And so like, to me, sometimes that relationship seemed really toxic for her. But the more I talked to her and kind of got the deeper story, what I've noticed is that she says that, you know, they do have this kind of tumultuous relationship where they'll fight or they'll call each other out on things. But I think the basis of it is that they do care Mm -hmm. and like they do want the best for one another. And one may not show it as much as the other, but like when they talk and communicate and they directly tell the other person like, hey, you made me feel this and I wish that you wouldn't point out this. And if the person is respectful and responsive and they're like, I'm so sorry that I made you feel that way. Like, I think that that's a huge step in the right direction for a good friendship. Mm-hmm. And if the person is just defensive and like, no, I don't do that. Like, it's because you did this that I did that. Yeah, keeping score. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that everything that you're saying right now makes absolute sense in just being able to define and hone in on the types of friendships and relationships in your life that mm-hmm. you really resonate with on a really deep level. Like, mm-hmm. think to the person that you are when you really love and care for someone. You want to support them. You want them to be the best person they can be 
right? And at the end of the day, a lot of times it has nothing to do with you because that's their own journey. Mm-hmm. So it's totally okay for you to have that same energy in your life. Mm-hmm. The more that you're able to define that, like what self-care and self-love and self-respect means to you, mm-hmm. the more that you can honor that for yourself mm-hmm. by establishing healthy boundaries. And it doesn't even have to be with toxic people. It can mm-hmm. just be with anybody, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then you will see that energy you put out, the more of that energy that you attract. Mm-hmm. So you'll attract people who honor your boundaries because you also honor their boundaries. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, that's something to self-reflect on too. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. has triggers. We're all existing in each other's triggers. And <laughs> it's just really trying to find why, where does that come from? And understanding that the triggers actually have nothing to do with the other person, has everything to do with yourself. Yeah. And the more that you're able to come from a place of love and practicing non-self-judgment for it, the more that you can realize there's a choice on Mm -hmm. how you want to move forward with whatever Mm -hmm. actions and thought processes that serve you. For sure. Yeah, that's my biggest takeaway from... I'm like... Okay, yes, it's hot, but I'm also sweating from just talking and reminiscing on this. I know. It's an emotional topic. You're like reliving a lot of, you know, what you experienced. And I'm really proud of you for being able to not just kind of act so rashly because I think that that's kind of some of our initial reactions, like to really talk things through, think things through, and even talk things through with that other person. Like that's a huge step. I never thought I like, every, like every, I never thought I'd see the day <laughs> like every step along the way it's just been a huge lesson reflecting that mm-hmm. and I think that person yeah. has been one of my greatest teachers <laughs> so yeah. I mean even for me to say it's, I that, mean it's unfortunate that it had to happen in that way but I do you know agree with you like every experience good or bad it teaches you something about yourself it helps you grow it makes you stronger and it helps you learn that like hey next time I start seeing seeing these signs, mm-hmm. these behaviors, like I know that I need to set boundaries early yeah. and setting boundaries has nothing to do with whether or not I'm a good friend, has nothing to do with whether or not like I care about this person. It's just that sometimes like in friendships or relationships, you just do have to protect yourself and save that energy. You know, it's kind of like that theory. What is it? Like the, you can't pour from an empty glass. Like yeah. you have to be full yourself. Yeah. If you're just empty, 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 to the point where you're just like at the last drop, like you have nothing to give. And then I always say you become a shell of the person that you once were. And it's a scary, scary thought. And to be that and to get to that point and to not know how to get out is terrifying. It's a huge difference thinking back then and now. Mm. It's just who Mm -hmm. I am. I mean, I'm the same person either way, but we all have very extreme sides to Mm -hmm. us. And that was a side that compared to me now and the things that have blossomed Mm -hmm. with my kind of renewed energy of Mm -hmm. also tapping into who I really am. And not having to apologize for that mm-hmm. and really stepping into that. Like the friendships and the results of that and the things that I'm doing and creating all benefit from that in such a momentous way. Mm-hmm. And that's what true fulfillment is. And it's not mm-hmm. like every single day I wake up and I'm like fulfilled, you know, like I said, I, <laughs> I mean, I say this all the time. It's a daily choice. And mm-hmm. I think some days, Regina says this all the time, some days are better than others. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
I just want to say for anybody out there who I know there's a lot of you guys out there that may be in a similar situation or might find yourself in one that it's okay. Whatever lesson that comes from it was meant for you. Don't Mm -hmm. be so hard on yourself and to feel like, man, I'm such a bad human being or Mm -hmm. I'm not doing enough. Like all these questions that arise from these type of experiences are meant to open that space for the Mm self-awareness and for Mm -hmm. you to actually reflect back and make changes that serve you. Mm -hmm. That's in your power. And that's where true empowerment comes from versus putting it on somebody else Mm -hmm. for them to fulfill and validate you because that's all on your mm. interpretation of how that person views you. It's not even how they view you, you know? It's like your interpretation of how they view you. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. never really truly accurate. And if it's from mm-hmm. that lens and you already don't think you're really worthy, then you're always going to be lacking. Yeah. That's my takeaway. I love that. That's great. And I'm like so proud of you. Thank I think this you. is like definitely a step in the right direction. And I can see that you're happier. Like, you know, when you hate someone or resent someone, you carry that burden. They don't, they go on living their lives, you know? And I've always said, it's not worth it. It's not worth putting that amount of like pressure and emotion on yourself when that other person doesn't even feel it. Honestly, honestly. And you're just spending all this present time worrying and mulling and resenting Mm -hmm. and all these being angry they're just they don't care yeah it just becomes like a burden it just becomes like this heaviness around you yeah and it prevents you from growing that's totally totally oh thank you for being my partner throughout this conversation of course even though i've experienced it i still feel lighter being able to share that yeah and would love to hear your guys's takeaways and experiences from toxic friendships relationships Mm -hmm. and yeah so definitely follow us at our instagram at perfectly.imperfect.podcast where we talk to you guys through dms through our comments and you know insta stories yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week bye Bye.